So I got to tell you this amazing little story, true story. A mother in Minnesota calls me up. So her 14-year-old son attempted suicide. So now he's in the state hospital in the sixth floor, the psych ward. They're holding him there for 48 hours for observation. The place is dangerous. I thought, this poor kid must be scared out of his wits. I go into his room. He's lying back on, in his bed, reading a comic book or something, as if he were in camp. He hears the screaming. Doesn't bother him. <laughs> really jaded. I try to make some conversation with him. He's not interested. Doesn't even look up. I said, your mother asked me to come see you. She's worried about you. What should I tell her? So you're doing okay? Can I tell her you're fine? I keep trying. <laughs> he keeps shrugging me off. Finally, he says, why don't you go home? The chaplain has already been here. I said, what did the chaplain say? <laughs> he says, something stupid. I said, really, what did the chaplain say that was stupid? Present chaplain's excluded. Uh, he says, the chaplain said I shouldn't kill myself because God loves me. I said, that's stupid? He says, yeah. I said, I agree. I can't imagine God loves you. You're an obnoxious brat. He looked up, <laughs> and he says, yeah, like, what's your point? I said, God created you. Obviously, he needs you. There's something you can do for him that nobody else can. Otherwise, he wouldn't have created you. So I think he's stuck with you. <laughs> I don't think he likes you. There's nothing to like. He says, well, what if I don't want to do what he created me for? I said, that's called freedom of choice. That's the choice you need to make. You want to fulfill the purpose for which you were created or you don't want to. Make, say something. Take a position. Say, yes, no, I want, I don't want. Conversation didn't go much further than that. But I learned something really, really amazing. The chaplain's answer was stupid for a very simple reason. This kid tries to kill himself. What is he telling you? What is he saying to the world? I can't pay my mortgage? Why is he killing himself? He's 14. He tried to kill himself along with a friend. They were, made an activity out of it. Because he doesn't feel like he's necessary. So why not? What's the difference? Now the chaplain comes and says, no, 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 don't kill yourself. God loves you. Do you hear what the chaplain is saying? He's saying, fine, you're not necessary. <laughs> you really are not necessary. You're right. But don't kill yourself. God loves you. Wait a minute. If I'm not necessary, but you love me, 
that's why I should live? What am I, your pet? <laughs> For a gerbil, that would work. Nobody needs a gerbil, but they're cute. That's what the chaplain was saying to him. You're not necessary, but God finds you cute. Hang around for his entertainment. Not a good deal for a human being. Conclusion of the story, we need to be needed much more than we need love. Which means very simply, I need to be important to you more than I need you to take care of me. And why is that? Because if you need me, then I have a life. If you're just taking care of me, all you're going to give me is an existence. And that's depressing. The scientific definition is, in order to exist, you have to occupy space. If you take up space, you exist. If you don't take up space, you don't exist. And that's true of everything in the universe, in the physical universe. Air takes up space. You can't force more air into a place that already has air. Or you're going to blow it up. A thought in your head takes up space. Of course, it takes up brain space. But you can't have two thoughts at the same time. An emotion in the heart takes up space. That's why when you're feeling, we say the heart is full. Everything takes up its space and doesn't allow another of its type in that same space. So a book on the shelf takes up space, a rock takes up space, water, fire, air, they all take up space. So existing is not a very pretty picture, just to begin with. Because you exist by taking up space, which means you don't allow another person into your space. You can't sit in the same chair with somebody else. So what does it mean to exist? I've got my space, you go find yours. Or it gets even worse. <laughs> when you're taking up space, which is really like ego space, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. This is either my town or your town, it can't be both. In addition to that, you also make demands. I need food, I need drink, I need protection, I need security, I need a roof over my head, I need a job, I need money, I need... That's what it is to exist. Now, suppose you have your own place. You have your space. And you have food and you have drink and you have security and you had a roof over your head and you're comfortable, it's not too hot, it's not too cold. Perfect, right? What have you accomplished? Absolutely nothing, because tomorrow you're going to have to do it all over again. Tomorrow you're going to occupy space, you're going to need food, you're going to need drink, you're going to need... So all you accomplish 
when you succeed in existing is that you'll exist again tomorrow. And then the next day. And then the next day. Sometimes what is good for my existence is not good for my life. Like, for example, I was here before any of you walked into the room. I had the whole room to myself, which is a great existence. My space was unchallenged. Then you walk in, and you ruin my existence. Now only a fraction of this room is my space. So of course I hate you. Why wouldn't I? On the other hand, I'm really glad you came up because talking to an empty room, you know, they take you away. <laughs> it's not a life. So I love you for coming because you really make my life a life. All right, I also hate you for ruining my existence. So now I'm a little conflicted. I don't know if I should love you more or hate you more. So when it comes to a, a clash of existing and living, what should my choice be? Of course, I should give up the existence and choose life. Now we'll understand. When we feel like we have an existence without a life, we can't take it. Existence without life is unbearable. Because to the human being, just to exist and take up space and demand food and drink, that's so depressing. Which explains what depression is. <laughs> what does it mean a person suddenly is depressed? And I'm not talking about hormonally or clinically, just in the mood. What happened? Well, you see, existing is by its very nature a little depressing. If you put a lot of energy into it, you worry about your existence, you fight for a better existence, you work towards a bigger existence, it gets heavier. And eventually it is so heavy, just existing crushes you. It's too heavy to carry. You can't get up. You can't in, get involved in a conversation. You can't answer a phone. It's too heavy. Your existence crushes you. So to put it in simple, familiar terms, if you think every song is about you, you're taking up way too much space. You have to occupy every song. If anybody is singing about anything, it's got to be about you. Whoa, whoa, too much. You're headed for a depression. If every conversation going on in the room is probably about you, you're taking up too much space. Rein it in. See, this explains what humility is. What's humility? You know, it's really nice to be humble. Really? What about, what about having a good self-image? So a person says, eh, I'm worthless, I'm nothing, I'm stupid, I'm, I'm a klutz, I'm a... 
can't do anything right, got two left hands, whatever, whatever. Oh, wow, that's so humble. Yeah, but what's good about that? And yet, humility is probably the greatest virtue that there is. But now we'll understand it. Humility means I am not proud of my existence, because what's there to be proud of? I take up space better than someone else. There's nothing to be proud of. So if you find yourself proud of your own existence, humble it. It's silly, it's foolish, it's depressing, it's embarrassing. But nobody ever suggested that you humble life. Life, what you can do, the contribution you can make, there's nothing humble about that. That's magnificent. And even a moment of life is magnificent. Because in one moment, you can make such a powerful improvement in yourself and the people around you. It doesn't take a lot of time to live. So living is the opposite of existing. It doesn't have any demands. And it is certainly not embarrassing. Nobody is ever ashamed of making a difference. So to sum it up, Existing means preoccupied with myself. I have needs, I have demands, I have appetites. Gotta have what I need. Life is the opposite. Life means who needs me? What am I needed for? What difference can I make in your life or to God? That is basically the essence of the Course. If we can break it down into its components, if we can work out practical application, how do you go about this? Like giving charity. Do you need to give charity? No, you don't need it. The reason you don't need it is because it's not necessary for your existence. Should you give charity? <laughs> yeah, you should because then you have a life. So a poor man knocks on your door, starving, and he says, can you please give me something to eat? And you say, hey, hey, I, I don't need this. <laughs> the guy says, I know. I'm the one who's starving here. I need it. So would any decent human being say, well, if you need it, go find it. What do you want from me? I don't need to feed you. See, that's life. Life means you do things you don't need, but you are needed for. Somebody needs you, and now you're alive. This goes against everything that psychology, modern psychology, preaches. In modern psychology, you are the center of your universe. you got to take care of yourself first. Sure, you should love your neighbor, but first you got to love yourself. That's a bad message, really a bad message. We love ourselves way too much. Even people who hate themselves love themselves way too much. 
So here's the simple equation of life. You have this following choice. Do you want to be needed or do you want to be needy? That's it. That's what it comes down to. It's not that complicated. You want to exist and take care of your needs or do you want to live and take care of somebody else's needs? You can ruin someone's existence. You can starve them. You can, you can throw them out of their home, take away their space. You can ruin their existence. You can't ruin their life. No matter where you are, no matter how bad your existence is, you can make a difference. You can be needed. In fact, you are needed. There's a story in the Bible, Joseph was in a pit. He had been falsely, falsely accused. He was, he, was, he was sold into slavery. He was abused. But he sees two other guys who don't look as happy as yesterday, which is kind of hard to tell when people are in a dungeon. But for some reason, they looked unhappier than they did yesterday. So he asked them, what's the problem? And he solved their problem for them. That's called having a life even when your existence is miserable. See, we don't kill people who have miserable existences. We don't kill people who are handicapped. Their existence is handicapped, not their life. Some people handicapped, unable to move, accomplish more than the athletes because they have a life. So when we make the mistake of confusing existing and living, we get ourselves into trouble. So going back to the first question, why are we always asking, why am I here? What is the purpose of life? The reason we're not getting an answer is because we, f we, we confuse the question. The question is not what's the purpose of life. The question is what is the purpose of existing? Because existing needs a purpose. By itself, it's embarrassing and depressing. So anyone with a little sensitivity says, what am I doing here? Taking up space? Come on. There's got to be more. And the answer is, there is more. There's life. But when you get confused and you say, what is the purpose of life? You'll never get an answer. You're already confused. What is the purpose of existing? The answer is life. You're not here to have your needs met. That's stupid. God creates me with the need to eat, so now i got to eat. That's it. Why would God do that, and why would I hang around for this? God created us because he needs us. And when we're nice, maybe he loves us also. But the main thing is we are necessary. We are needed. And when you feel needed, you don't feel so needy. 
That is the secret to life. You know, maybe when your existence is not so good, it actually forces you to live. That's the silver lining. So if you find yourself in a, pl in a condition and in a place where your existence is really limited and confined, you almost have no choice but to live. And when you live, the existence is not so bad. It's worth it. Partner with Rabbi Friedman. Visit itsgoodtoknow.org forward slash support.